Hi friends, so happy to be with you again. It's been a challenging week. There have been a number of significant deaths in the music world, which I will be acknowledging and commemorating at the end of the episode. I'm happy to welcome two new Patreon supporters, Sarah and Joshua. If you also are interested in supporting the podcast as we move towards the debut of our third season, I should say I, because it's just me, myself, and I. But if you are interested, please go to patreon.com slash countermelody, where you can pledge either a monthly amount, as one of my new supporters has elected to do, or a yearly pledge of support, as the other of my new sponsors has chosen to do. There are new bonus episodes coming all the time. There may be one at the end of the day today. I don't know how much energy I'll have after putting this next one together. One other very important acknowledgement before we move into the podcast proper is that yesterday was the 88th birthday of the great Janet Baker. What better way to celebrate than with a very short clip of her singing The Angel under the baton of Andrew Davis in a live 1984 performance of Elgar's The Dream of Gerontius. We'll be hearing more of this performance at the end of the episode. Happy birthday, dear Janet Baker. to today's episode featuring the late, great, and relatively unsung Gilbert Price. Dear listeners, and welcome to Counter Melody. It is I, your host, Daniel Gundlach. And as always, I'm committed to bringing you the voices of beloved singers, often focusing on unexpected facets of their artistry. You will also be hearing less celebrated but equally treasurable artists who deserve our attention and respect. I'm honored to have you join me on this ongoing mutual journey of discovery. And now, without any further ado, let's get down to today's business. Great singers and great singing. Gilbert Price was born September 10th, 1942, in New York City. If he were still with us, he would be celebrating his 79th birthday next month. Here he is at the age of 24, singing Old Man River on The Ed Sullivan Show. Old Man River, 
to find biographical information about Gilbert Price, but I did find a suitable, but I did find a relatively extensive bio on the website of the National Black Justice Coalition. I believe that this information was culled from a book written by Warren Allen Smith, the the author and gay activist, with whom Gilbert Price was involved on and off for approximately 30 years. Let me tell you a little bit about his early days, quoting from the website. Gilbert Price was born in New York City, one of three children born to Leon and Carmen Price. Gilbert Price's father had had some experience in show business, having worked with Red Fox as a comic. His maternal grandmother was from St. Kitts. When Price's parents separated, his father moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, where he fathered three other children with his new wife. Price was educated first in New York City public schools, but his Protestant parents transferred him to a Catholic elementary school, believing he would get a stricter education with nuns as teachers. As a teenager, he was educated at Erasmus Hall High School in Brooklyn, where he stood out for both his talent and his gentle, easygoing manner. I also want to mention that elsewhere I read that Gilbert Price long suffered from diabetes, which is something else that made me feel close to him, as I, too, have been diabetic, in my case, for more than 40 years. Price became a lead singer in the school choir, along with fellow classmate Barbara Streisand. He graduated in 1960. He went on then to formal voice and theater training at the American Theater Wing. After touring in the early 1960s with Harry Belafonte and the Leonard Deport Chorus, These tours were followed by his 
first appearance in an off-Broadway show, the musical Fly Blackbird. This was a piece devised and written by C. Jackson and James Hatch. I was amazed to find that a cast recording was made. Some of you might recognize a few of the names associated with this production. Avon Long, Robert Guillaume, Thelma Oliver, Mickey Grant. The play itself centered around a group of student activists, of which Gilbert Price was one of a large group. I'm going to play you the title track of this musical. The orchestra is conducted by Gershon Kingsley. Well, kids, it looks like we've gone and done it. Ugh. We're going to stick it out? Ugh. We all together? Ugh. Okay, what do we do? Langston Hughes attended a performance of Fly Blackbird and afterwards went backstage in order to meet Gilbert Price. The two became fast friends, and it is surmised that Langston Hughes fell deeply in love with Gilbert Price. There are a number of unpublished love poems written by Langston Hughes that are believed to be addressed to Gilbert Price. 
according to Gilbert Price himself, as quoted in The Life of Langston Hughes by the author Arnold Rampersad. He was a very caring man. When he met my mother and grandmother, the rapport was beautiful. I loved my father, but I had never really known him. He had his own family. I found in Langston a father, a theater father, just when I needed an older man to help me. I would visit him at home and just sit in his room comfortable while he worked. He'd get me a ginger beer and rap to me off and on. To listen to him was like listening to great prose. He was a teacher and a father and a guide. He would tell me about all the great people he knew, like Josephine Baker and Dorothy Maynard and James Baldwin, and urge me to be like them, develop my talent. When we walked in the street, he would point out old buildings and tell me who had lived there and what the buildings meant to Harlem and could mean if we all put our minds to it and worked for the community, for the people. As far as any physical extent to their relationship, Price denied this. He said there was nothing more to it than a deep friendship and nothing less. I was grateful and blessed to be with him. I got joy from him and a great deal of understanding, and I know he got joy from me. I saw his loneliness but he never let it come between us. In those days, I was very young, and I had a great deal of expectation and hope, and I think he liked me because he saw himself in me. He had a smile, like a small child, a smile that came out of his eyes. Langston was very beautiful. I don't think of him as being dead at all. I love him very much. Though he was by no means a musician, in any traditional sense of the word, Langston Hughes's poetry is suffused with its own kind of music. You can hear that in his reading of his poem, The Weary Blues, which he gave with a small jazz combo on Canadian television in 1958. Tonight, Mr. Langston Hughes, American poet, dramatist, novelist, lyricist, lecturer. He's in town to give a lecture at UBC, but he's here tonight read poetry, his own poetry, to a jazz accompaniment. We have Doug Parker and his band to provide the jazz, and Mr. Langston Hughes has his own introduction. I'm gonna sing. Sun's a setting. This is what I'm gonna sing. I feel the blues are coming. I wonder what the blues will bring. Drowsy, syncopated tune, rocking back and forth to a mellow croon. I heard a Negro play. Down 
Down on Nunnock's Avenue the other night, by the pale, dull pallor of a one-bulb light, he did a lazy sway, he did a lazy sway to the tune of those weary blues. With his ebony hands on each ivory key, he made that poor piano moan with melody. Oh, blues. Swaying to and fro on his rickety stool, he played that sad, raggy tune like a musical fool. Sweet blues, coming from a black man's soul. Oh, blues. deep song voice with a melancholy tone. I heard that Negro sing, that old piano moan. Ain't got nobody in all this world. Ain't got nobody but myself. I was going to quit my frowning and put my troubles on the shelf. Thump, 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 when he's put on the floor. He played a few chords, then he sang some more. I got the weary blues, I can't be satisfied. Got the weary blues, I can't be satisfied. I ain't happy no more, and I wish that I had died. Far into the night he crooned that tune. The stars went out, and so did the moon. The singer stopped playing and went to bed while the weary blues echoed through his head. He slept like a rock or a man that's dead. Gilbert Price was engaged as one of the lead players in Langston Hughes's new musical play called Jericho Jim Crow. Although the recording that was made of this show was originally only a private issue. I have managed to find a copy of it, and I'm going to play a few excerpts from it for you. Hughes primarily made use of traditional spirituals and protest songs. In a different episode, I have gone into the rather tortured history of who actually composed We Shall Overcome, so I won't get into that now. But I do want to play for you Gilbert Price and Mickey Grant singing We Shall Overcome, with a bit of the dialogue that introduces it in the play. As the pair attempt to be served at one of those infamous lunch counters down south. Service, please. She doesn't answer. Well, maybe she didn't hear me. Uh, miss, I'd like a strawberry soda, please. No answer. Oh, guess I'm not going to serve us again. Might as well open up our books and study a while. Yeah, except they won't let us study. All these angry-looking folks around us. Get off that chair, they're yelling. You boy, get away from that counter. They push us. They shove us. Knock our books out of our hands. They scream, get out of here. And you two, girl. But we try to sing. We shall overcome. We shall overcome. We shall overcome. Someday. 
The piece concerns itself primarily with African-American citizens, both in the past and present, trying to come to grips with and overcome Jim Crow thinking as represented by a single actor, William Kane, portraying various mouthpieces of Jim Crow attitudes. In this incredibly compelling excerpt, we hear Gilbert Price as the young boy about to be sold on the auction block, Rosalie King, who was in the original cast of Porgy and Bess, portraying his mother, and William Kane as the slave auctioneer. This is the spiritual I've always known as Watch and Pray. In the recording, it's referred to as, Is Massa Gonna Sell Us Tomorrow? Mama, is Massa Gonna Sell Us Tomorrow? slave you have owned. All right, what do I hear? What do I hear? Up $200, $300, that's more like it. Do I have $400 going once? Going twice? $500 going once? Going twice? Sold for $500. Farewell, mother, I must leave you.
In this next excerpt, we hear the song God's Gonna Cut You Down, preceded by a diatribe by Jim Crow, here portrayed by William Kane as a preacher, and the angry response from Gilbert Price and Dorothy Drake. Why, look at him today in our white America. Look at him. Ignorant, trifling, dumb, diseased, impudent, dangerous. Dangerous, that's what they are. Dangerous to you and me and our way of life and the free world. Why, they even want to vote down there, Dixie. We got to You ought to be ashamed of yourself. And you a minister, too. You know what? You's a faker, Reverend Jim Crow. And I say... God's gonna cut you down. You may run on for a long time. Run on for a long time. Run on for a long time. Let me tell you, God Almighty's gonna cut you down. Go tell your long tongue liars. Go tell your midnight riders. Tell your bombing, gremlin, dynamiters. Great God Almighty's gonna cut you down. Great God Almighty, let me tell you the news. My head's been wet with the men I do. Been down on my bending knees. Talking to the man from Galilee. My God spoke, spoke so sweet. Of the angel's feet, put one hand on my head. Great God Almighty, let me tell you what it said. You may run, Worked in the dark with your fellow man As sure as God made the day and the night What you do in the dark will be brought to light You may run and hide, slip and slide Try to steal the skin from your black man's hide As sure as God made the pig in a poke You'll reap my brother just what you sow Run on for a long time Run on for a long time Run on for a long time Let me tell you God Almighty's gonna cut you down Now we hear Gilbert Price and Mickey Grant facing down William Kane's Jim Crow, this time in the persona of the governor of a southern state, asserting his state's right to maintain the segregation of institutions of higher learning. This is followed by the song, My Mind on Freedom. By the power invested in me, by the voters of this state, and in the name of law and order and the sanctity of white womanhood, I say the portals of this institution are closed to all but whites, and I shall not be moved. Sir, the Supreme Court has ruled that the schools of our country be open to all alike. The Supreme Court has ruled contrary to the laws of my state, and I hereby inform you, sir. Sir, I hereby inform you that I woke up this morning with my mind on freedom. I woke up this morning with my mind on freedom. We woke up this morning with our minds on freedom. Young or not, somehow, I got elected leader of this demonstration and I welcome you here. All of you, like me, with your minds on freedom. Today we're going to move through the streets of this city that belongs as much to us as it does to anybody else. We're going to move down the main streets too. Not just through the old dark alleys 
and the by streets and side streets of segregation. No, we're going to move down the main street and we're going to set up our picket lines on the main street. We've got to prove that right is on our side, that governor or no governor, sheriff or no sheriff, police dogs or no dogs, Ku Klux Klan or no Klan. We're going to march, march, walk and sing. And now that the new civil rights bill has been passed, we got to march and we got to prove that it's going to work everywhere. So come on, because I'm going right now. March and sing. Albany, Georgia's got its mind yeah. on freedom. Albany, Georgia's got its mind on freedom. Albany, Georgia's got its mind on freedom. Mississippi's got its mind on freedom. Mississippi's got its mind on freedom. Mississippi's got its mind on freedom. Finally, today from Jericho, Jim Crow, is the song Freedom Land, which, by some miracle, (laughs) was written by Langston Hughes himself. As I previously stated, Langston Hughes was not a traditional musician, and yet he took credit for the production of this song, which was considered the high point of the entire evening not just for the powerful simplicity of the song itself, but because of Gilbert Price's extraordinary vocal performance, which one reviewer compared to hearing Flagstad and Milanoff in their primes. Such was the vocal gift of Gilbert Price. To quote again from Arnold Rampersad's The Life of Langston Hughes, Langston was exceptionally proud of having written that song Gilbert Price remembered. Just sing my song, Gilbert, he would say. You just sing my song. He was like a little kid to me, the joy he got from having written that song. Here are Gilbert Price and Mickey Grant, introduced by the spoken words of Joseph Atlas as the old man in the song Freedom Land. Just look at the world today all chopped up into boundaries and binaries and things, into cold wars and hot wars, great powers and no powers, into summits and valleys, black land and white land. No! No! It ought to all be all one land. One. Freedom land. Freedom land, yes. So ain't that right, son? Freedom land. Freedom land. Freedom land. Freedom land, our oh, freedom land. Upon your soil, I want to stand and shout your name. For freedom, all about, we'll build our freedom land. The sky is
following his significant success in Jericho, Jim Crow, Gilbert Price continued to audition, including for the British actor and composer Anthony Newley, who was casting for the Broadway premiere of his show, The Roar of the Grease Paint, The Smell of the Crowd. He was looking to cast an actor to sing the single song, Feeling Good. Asked how Gilbert came to get the role? Anthony Newley said, he's too young for the part and he's too short for the part. All he's got is the greatest bloody voice I've ever heard. Here's Gilbert Price singing, Feeling Good. Feeling Good. Feeling Good. The single song with which he made his Broadway debut. In 1965. It's a new dawn, it's a new day, it's a new life for me, feeling good. Fish in the sea, you know how I feel, river running free. It's a new dawn, it's a new day, it's a new life for me. Feeling good. Dragonfly out in the sun, you know what I mean. Butterflies all having fun, you know what I mean. Sleep in peace. When day is done That's what I mean And this whole world It's a new world And a bold world For me Stars when you shine of the pine you know how I feel freedom is mine I know how I feel it's a new dawn it's a new day it's a new life for me The next cast recording on which Gilbert Price was featured was 1969's Promenade. Music for this show was by Al Carmines, and the book and lyrics were by the Cuban-American playwright Maria Irene Fornes. Among others in the large cast, Gilbert Price was cast opposite Ty McConnell as one of a pair of escaped convicts. One of his key moments in the show comes in the song A Poor Man, which expresses quite clearly the iconoclasm 
of this musical. It's unabashed progressive politics. A poor man has to do what he's told. He doesn't know just why he does it. He just has to do what he's told. He just has to do what he's told. I know what madness is. It's not knowing how another man feels. A madman has never been in another man's shoes. I know what madness is. It's not knowing how another man feels. A madman has never been in another man's shoes. Madness is lack of compassion. And there's little compassion in the world. Madness is lack of compassion. And there's little compassion in the world. It's only stupid things that make a madman feel sure. Money, power, adulation, never just being alive. Having two feet on the ground and having heart to give, having heart to give. Walking on a field Or picking an apple From a tree Never Just lying On the ground Lying on the ground And looking Up at the sky Never doing a square dance In the middle of July Stupid things that make a madman feel sure Never, 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 never Never just being alive Alive Never just being alive is. It's not knowing how another man feels. A madman has never been in another man's shoes. When I was born, I opened my eyes. And when I looked around, I closed them. And when I saw how people get kicked in the head, and kicked in the belly, and kicked in the groin, I closed them. I closed Between Roar of the Grease Paint and Promenade, Gilbert Price captured the attention of the American public through a vast number of televised guest performances on shows like Ed Sullivan and Merv Griffin. I don't think it's insignificant that Merv Griffin was a closeted gay man who quite clearly was also very drawn to Gilbert Price. Here's a performance of Gilbert Price on the Merv Griffin Show, the 15th of July, 1966, singing the song They Call the Wind Mariah from Paint Your Wagon. 
I've included a little bit of the repartee between Gilbert Price and Merv Griffin at the conclusion of the song. And you can hear that Merv Griffin is clearly, how shall I put this, in crush with Gilbert Price. And who wouldn't be? Who wouldn't be? Away out here. a skinny little kid. Oh, I tried to get him to stop saying that, but he won't. You know? I know. But <laughs> I think, you know, he must have stuck a pin in me or in a doll of me or something because I've lost weight, you know. I'm sort of... If it were Jackie Gleason, <laughs> I could understand with an echo chamber, but that's still such big... <laughs> I wish I could... Hit me a big note, let me try. It's a bad habit. Such wait, a headache, I wait, just... Wait, wait. <laughs> what did you do that for? I'm sorry. You said a big note. Yeah, hit me one note. <clears throat> I'll match it. Uh, what's the big deal? You, my dear listeners, may have noticed that Gilbert Price had such a prodigious vocal gift that often he would lay it on a little bit thick 
and sometimes drive his voice even a bit too much. But he matured quickly, even though there were probably at least 40 to 45 television appearances. Very few of them are currently extant, at least that I have been able to find. Maybe if one were to go to the Paley Center in New York, there might be more things available. I would really hope that some enterprising record producer, if such things even exist anymore, would put together a compilation of Gilbert Price. We so clearly need to hear more of this voice. Here he is on The Ed Sullivan Show on the 27th of July, 1969, singing the song I've Gotta Be Me that was first made famous in the Broadway show Golden Rainbow by Steve Lawrence and which consequently also became a sort of theme song for Sammy Davis Jr. Whether I'm right or whether I'm wrong Whether I find a place in this world or never belong I've gotta be me Not merely survive And I won't give up this dream of life That keeps me alive I've gotta be me Oh, I've got to be me The dream that I see Makes me what I am That faraway prize A world of success it's waiting for me if I need the call. I won't settle down, won't settle for less. As long as there's half a chance that I can have it all, I'll go it alone. That's how it must be. I can be right for somebody else if I'm not right for me. I've gotta be free. I've gotta be free. Daring to try to do it or die. I've gotta be me. That faraway prize, a world of success, is waiting for me if I need. The core. I won't settle down, won't settle for less, as long as there's half a chance that I can't have it Else, if I'm not right for me, I've gotta be free. I've gotta be free. Daring to try to do it or die. I've gotta be free. 
Okay, so I have something here that I'm very proud to actually have in hand. It's a pair of singles of 45s that Gilbert Price made for Columbia Records in 1969 and 1970. They don't always show him off at his absolute best, but some of these songs are extraordinary and I'm going to play all four of them for you because I don't think they're available in any form anywhere on the internet. So this is my little scoop for you guys. First is the song Come Summer, which is the title song from the show of the same name, produced in 1969. It was Agnes DeMille's final Broadway credit as director and choreographer. Music is by Will Holt and David Baker, and this is the title song. A little bit of a sleeper, but it's wonderful to hear Gilbert Price in some previously unknown repertoire. Next follows the A-side of the other 45 that Gilbert Price made for Columbia Records. I don't know if they were planning on doing an album with him. Sadly, it never materialized. But here's a song that was actually published, and on the cover of the music it says as recorded by Gilbert Price for Columbia Records. So I think this was an original song that was written that he chose, or was chosen for him, to record. It's called Gathering Sweet Moss, and the composer is Leon Carr, the lyricist Richard Allert. I've been like a tumbleweed And a rolling stone combined Pickle for here 
nearly seven years between Gilbert Price's role in The Roar of the Grease Paint and his consecutive appearances on Broadway. Nevertheless, they were significant and netted him three Tony Award nominations. The first of these came for a revival in 1972 of Lost in the Stars by Kurt Weill and Maxwell Anderson, in which Gilbert Price portrayed Absalom Kumalo. The production ran for only eight previews and 39 performances between April 18th and May 21st, 1972. Sadly, there is no documentation that I have been able to find of these performances. However, it was a star-studded cast, which also featured Damon Evans, Giancarlo Esposito, and Rosetta Lenoir. Following this appearance, Gilbert Price next appeared on Broadway in 1975 in a Harry Chapin review entitled The Night That Made America Famous. This show was barely more successful than the Lost in the Stars revival, playing for only 14 previews and 47 performances. Nevertheless, it once again 
netted Gilbert Price a Tony nomination for Best Featured Actor in a Musical. Finally, in 1976, came the starring role that Gilbert Price so richly deserved. Unfortunately, it was in the role of Ludd in the infamous Leonard Bernstein, Alan J. Lerner flop, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. This show underwent a really tortured history. Originally, it was supposed to be a meta-theatrical examination of race issues and the cardinal sin of U.S. American history, chattel slavery. The actors were supposed to go in and out of character, portraying characters in the play within a play, while at the same time examining the greater issues raised by the play within a play. After its not-terribly-successful Philadelphia tryout, almost that entire conceit was stripped out of the piece. We are so lucky because there exists a recording of one of the very early Philadelphia performances, possibly of the premiere. I've been unable to ascertain that. But I do want to play two relatively extended excerpts from this for you. The first is the set piece entitled Lud's Wedding. In this piece, we get to hear two other highly gifted performers who were involved with this production. One was Emily Yancey, who was an understudy for the role of Aldonza in the original production of Men of La Mancha, and eventually took over the part. She also portrayed Irene Malloy in the all-black version of Hello, Dolly! that starred Pearl Bailey. The other is the bass baritone Bruce Hubbard, another gay African-American compatriot of Gilbert Price's, 10 years younger, who was also in the ensemble of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue and also portrayed the role of the Reverend Bushrod, who marries Ludd and Cena. Here is that extended scene, which I consider to be absolutely brilliant and which shows so many thumbprints of Leonard Bernstein's compositional style.
And here is Gilbert Price in his featured ballad 
from 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, Sina. Sina being, of course, the name of the woman to whom he is betrothed. Bernstein seems to thrive when given a name as the basis for a song in a musical. Think Maria as you listen to this song, Sina. Following the debacle of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, Gilbert Price returned once more to Broadway in 1978 to star as the Mansa of Mali, opposite Bertha Kitt, Melba Moore, George Bell, and Ira Hawkins in Timbuktu, an all-black reframing of the musical Kismet. The performance marked the return to the United States of Eartha Kitt after 10 years of blacklisting by the entertainment industry in the United States. 
There was no cast recording made of the musical, and I think that's just frickin' criminal. That's my opinion. But there are a number of clips that one can find, particularly of Eartha Kitt giving a mind-blowing performance that included probably the greatest entrance in the history of Broadway. Gilbert Price's understudy as the Mansa of Mali was none other than Bruce Hubbard, who was also in the production portraying the role of chief policeman. There are some live clips from Timbuktu that have been attributed initially to Gilbert Price, but then members of the cast wrote in and said, that's not Gilbert Price, that's actually Bruce Hubbard, who eventually took over the role from Gilbert Price. The show ran for 221 performances between March and September of 1978. There are two different performances of the song Stranger in Paradise on YouTube. Originally, the roles of the Mansa and Marcina were portrayed by Gilbert Price and Melba Moore. I've listened to both of these performances, and even though it is now the acquired wisdom that both performances feature Bruce Hubbard and Vanessa Shaw in those roles, I have to confess that I'm not so sure that they are the same performers in both clips. I'm going to play the one for you that is an actual video, albeit a very, very grainy one, so that you can't even make out faces. Whether it's Gilbert Price or Bruce Hubbard, Melba Moore or Vanessa Shaw, it's an extraordinary pairing.
round off the episode, I'm going to play the B-sides of both of those Columbia 45s that I featured a few numbers back. First is the B-side of Gather and Sweet Moss. This is Unchained Melody. But before I play that for you, did you guys know that the song is called Unchained Melody because it was originally heard in the prison film Unchained, where it was sung by none other than Todd Duncan, the original Porgy? I'm sorry, we just have to take a little detour and hear Todd Duncan's performance, accompanied solely by guitar from the soundtrack of that film. Oh, my love, my darling, I've hungered for your touch alone, lonely time. Time can do so much for you still mine. I need your love. I need your love. God speed your Gilbert Price in a much more late 60s slash early 70s version of the song. So slowly 
next song is the B-side of Come Summer. This was recorded in 1969. The song is called Where is Love? It's not from the musical Oliver, but instead is by the songwriting team Alan Bernstein and Victor Milrose. I find it an incredibly touching performance. Here's Gilbert Price with an orchestra conducted by Mike Preston.
following Gilbert Price's appearances in Timbuktu, he found himself unemployable. The rest of his story played out as described on the National Black Justice Coalition website. After Timbuktu and its weekly paycheck of around $2,000, Price was unable to find employment. He had never before had a regular job, not even temporary work. For a decade, he tried, always complaining about agents and about the dearth of jobs for blacks on Broadway and concert halls. In 1987, he made an unpublicized trip to Cuba to sing for political prisoners. The first American entertainer to be allowed into a prison for political prisoners, Price performed and talked with many, but avoided political subjects. When one prisoner gave him a wad of paper that he took from inside his shoes and placed in Price's hands, he requested that the note be given to a relative of his near Hartford, Connecticut. The prisoner's family was never located. And according to Warren Allen Smith, who accompanied Gilbert Price on that attempted trip to deliver the message to the spurious relative, it was felt that this was a setup by the CIA. Warren Allen Smith further notes in his book entitled Mr. Smith, the Sybarite, who was also a teacher, that Gilbert Price finally received an offer to teach at a school in Vienna. He left and told friends he was happy to be in such an artistic and music-appreciating environment. One CD was made in Vienna, which I've not been able to trace. A sad one in which Price's powerful voice was accompanied by an umpapa brass band. Okay, here's the sad part. When Price did not show up at his classes for several days, students went to his apartment and found his lifeless body. He was staying in the apartment of a friend who was on a trip to Africa, and he had been accidentally asphyxiated by a faulty propane heater. He was 48 years old. Warren Allen Smith further reveals that before Gilbert Price died, he had told Smith that he had been diagnosed as HIV positive, information that he chose not to share at the time of Price's death and obituary in the New York Times. Gilbert Price is buried in the Feuerhalle Zimmering Cemetery in Vienna. In 1979, he appeared in a stage production of Showboat, portraying Joe. There exists a live snippet of his performance of Old Man River. This was done at the Theater des Westens in December 1979 and is the latest recording of Gilbert Price's that I have been able to unearth. If you note from the spoken introduction, it was evidently one of those German productions of an American musical where the dialogue was in German and the songs were done in the original English.
I don't want to end the episode on a sad note, I'm afraid that I have to. I had mentioned at the very beginning that this past week we saw some really significant deaths in the music community. First off, my friend, the composer, performer, and Professor Stephen Dembski died last week at the age of 71, apparently of natural causes. He and I served together on the board of the Lotte Lehmann Foundation back when we were still both in New York, and we became very friendly. There was just a wonderful camaraderie, a strong bond that formed, and the last I heard from him was when he sent me birthday greetings just last October. I guess this is just a reminder that we should all keep in touch with our loved ones and those who mean a lot to us. Anyway, rest in peace, Steve Dembski. Second of all, the conductor Michael Morgan died on Friday at the age of 63. He was the music director of the Oakland Symphony and had been for many years. And though he was definitely a musician of international standing, he chose to focus his career around Oakland and environs. He had limited experience in opera, but he made his debut as an operatic conductor in 1982 at the Wiener Staatsoper conducting Mozart. My friend Kathleen has written a wonderful tribute to him in memoriam, saluting not only his musical prowess, but his encyclopedic knowledge of music. I didn't know him personally, but man, I sure wish that I had. His loss is felt very significantly. Not unlike Gilbert Price, here is another African-American gay man gone at an all-too-young age. Finally, I just received confirmation of a message that I had received upon awakening this morning that Mickey Grant the composer, lyricist, performer, actor, singer, who was featured with Gilbert Price in both Fly Blackbird and Jericho Jim Crow, before going on to even greater renown, has unfortunately just died. She is probably most remembered for her collaborations with Vinette Carroll, the formidable playwright, actor, and director who was the first African-American woman to direct on Broadway. The two collaborated on the musicals Don't Bother Me, I Can't Cope, and Your Arms Too Short to Box with God. I featured Mickey Grant's extraordinary singing on other episodes of the podcast. I hope that she will be held up as the icon that she was. Now, in memory of all of these significant passings, and once again, in acknowledgement of Janet Baker's birthday, I'm going to end the episode with a performance of Softly and Gently from The Dream of Gerontius, in that same 1984 performance in which we heard Janet Baker at the very beginning of this long episode. The conductor in this performance is Andrew Davis. I would also like to, at this moment, commemorate his late wife, the American soprano Gianna Rolandi, who died two months ago at the age of 68. In memory of all of these great artists and in celebration of the birthday of Janet Baker, here is that performance of Softly and Gently.
my friends, thank you for joining me today. Some days it's really hard to do this, but once again, I encourage you to keep the song in your hearts. Daniel Gundlach.